Hi friends, welcome to Unstoppable Truth. I'm here with Barb Wall. She is a mother of eight and is an advocate for vitalistic parenting. She has been homeschooling all her kids since the beginning and believes in an entrepreneurial mindset. Her biggest statement and philosophy is that the system doesn't work. Mm. Thank you so much for being here, Barb. It is such a pleasure to speak to you. I, we've had a conversation on the phone and my mind was absolutely blown. Mm. I had to bring you in, so thank you for being here with me today to share your story with with me again and also our guests. Thank you so much. Well, it's a treat to be here. So um, not always do you get invited into places like this. So I'm just, I feel very um, loved, I guess is what I would say. You are so very loved. You. Yeah. Very loved. And I appreciate your story. I, um, like many others that are waking up to the corruption in our systems, your story is, is one that was, um, just really, like I said, really mind-blowing for me, and I wanted you to share that with our audience today. So let's go back to when you became a parent. You and your husband mm -hmm. went through a lot, and like I said, you have eight children. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a lot of work. Even, you know, I have two children, and it's a lot for me. So let's talk about the very beginning with you and your husband and what you were seeing around you in society and why you made the decisions you did. So we both worked at the University of Calgary, and... Um I used to put people's caps and gowns on them all the time at grad and ask them, you know, are you excited? What are you going to do? And most of them were like, I'm going to travel the world. And so very rarely did I see purpose. Very rarely did I see excitement about what they were um, studying to do. And so we were at the time where we were, you know, thinking about planning our own family. And that also was a faith step because, you know, you really don't know if you can have kids or, or what they're going to turn out like or... And you look at the system and you're like, I'm not sure I'm seeing a lot, you know, of good out there. Um, so anyway, we, we kind of committed that to, well, let's just try to have kids. But we, we did not feel that what we were seeing in the system worked. And so I'd never heard about homeschooling. I never knew anybody that homeschooled. I just started beginning to think about what if we educated at home. So it was kind of like that. Kind of like, well, could we do this? Like in the olden days, I think people did this. You know, there's enough Little House on the Prairie, you know, in my background to know they kind of had a little group school, but, you know, there was also other times where kids didn't go to school. And the boys didn't go to school until they were like 12 or 13. So um, started kind of researching some of that. We ended up um, having kids, deciding at the very same time my husband wanted to become a chiropractor, so we had this big move to the U.S. Moved down to the U.S., um, began educating down there. It was during that time where we really had a very deep spiritual awakening, I would say. Um, we learned how to hear in the spirit and how to bring God into every day. Just like, um, I guess the, the story that I remember the most about that time was that we had three little kids and they were swinging and I was watching from inside the house and one of the kids was gonna plow right into the other one that was swinging. And I just, like, I wanted to run and say, stop, like, wait, like, someone's gonna smash you. And at that time I, I heard God say, I'm just the same with you. Everything you do, I'm right here. And I just want to say, hey, I can intervene here. Don't go that way. Do this instead. And so then I realized it's just practical. It's just like, I'm a mom. Of course I care about my kids. God's a father. Of course he cares about me. He's going to tell me what to do. So on our trip back to Canada um, from the Midwest, we had this horrific ice storm. And our antifreeze 
the gas line was kind of not working. So here we are chugging along and it's dark and we've got three little kids in the back of our Jetta. And it's like so bad, we're spurting, we have no capacity to move forward. People are whipping past us in the left-hand lanes. And I look up and there's this little tiny green sign and it said, Avenue of the Saints. And I was like, where in the heck did that come from? Because it wasn't a big sign. And I, I got my flashlight out and I said to Kurt, like, I'm just going to read. So I just whipped out my Bible and I just looked up feet. And every Bible verse in the back of my concordance, I just wrote down. And so it's called Avenue of the Saints. And I took those Bible verses and what God showed us during that time was the timing of all this is very crucial because we were coming back um, right before Remembrance Day in November. And um, I looked at all the verses and basically God said, you know, your feet are going to stand on the high places. I'm going to prepare your hands for battle and your feet for, for war. Like he, he outlined all the scriptures that would talk about the journey that we had. And he said, I'm going to make you an embarrassment to people. You're going to have a humbling walk. People are going to be whipping past you in the left-hand lane. And you're going to be doing this little thing that looks kind of like embarrassing. But you're just going to do your thing. And it's going to have a reward. We got to the Canadian border. It was Remembrance Day. And there had actually been a fatality on the number one highway. They closed it down. So we had to stay in a hotel in Medicine Hat. And... It was that time that put us, sorry, it was the day before Remembrance Day, it put us driving into Calgary on Remembrance Day. So here we are driving into Calgary with three little kids. We don't have great family relationships. We don't really have great community here back home because we had really changed in our time away and we'd really grown as a couple and learned what it was like to be parents and, and all of that. And that was challenged. And coming back on Remembrance Day, I just, I... I just knew God said, I don't ever want you to forget the cost of war. I, and I didn't know what we would be coming into for the next, you know, 30 years, really. And so that's the background. So I learned God is really practical. Um, he's got answers for everything. It doesn't matter what your problem is. He's got answers if you just ask him and you just start listening. Pay attention. Pay attention to what he's saying. And then when it came to actually, I think it was probably... A year later that we actually enrolled our oldest in school and so we were asked to facilitate the homeschool board they said right away after our first interview you know to put our first kid in grade one we really like your philosophy we like what you like the way that you talk about your kids um, and the way they're made that that's really important um, could you please be the chairman of the board so we Kurt served as a chairman of the board for about six or so years starting off and we didn't know anything so getting back to Canada, it was like, everyone else in grade one, what do they do? Well, God, what do you want our kids to learn? Well, they know nothing about Canada, number one. So Canada, everything was Canada. They were used to the American national anthem. They saw the American flag everywhere. So we just played and learned about Canada. So that's vitalistic parenting. That's learning how to bring life into your everyday situation, where you're at, make it comfortable with what you have, and then educate around that. So you said that you you woke up, you had a spiritual awakening mm -hmm. way before this experience we're all going through today. What was that like for you? Because many of us weren't awake and you, I mean, obviously you're in the States, you don't have family around you. And a lot of us lost family and friends mm -hmm. through our awakening as well, because it's not that we don't love them, but you yeah. do shift. And I remember 
people saying to me, you've changed, you've changed. And I thought, well, no, I'm still me, but mm -hmm. I did change. I found God. I, I had a massive spiritual awakening, but I also was waking up to what was really going on in our mm -hmm. world. So tell us about your experience as a mother, because we really thrive on community. Mm -hmm. I know I do. Mm -hmm. And that support. So what was that like for you as a mother? You're probably not going to like the answer to this. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it's lonely being a mom who doesn't want to do what everybody else is doing. So that was part of the message earlier, is it's going to be cold and dark and difficult, and you're going to kind of look kind of silly to people. But, um, you know, we, like every choice from whether or not we chose to vaccinate our kids, and you know, we just didn't talk about most of it because it just, there was too much flack. And we were like, what difference does it make anyway? So most of it we, we didn't really... Um, open it out there and put it out there for people. But anybody who meets any of our kids and through their whole experience, they can talk to a hundred year old, they can talk to a five month old, they can talk to a dog, they can, they have the capacity because every human is a human and there's no such thing as age appropriate activities or learning. So if you're a human in front of them, that's important to them because we showed them you're going to care about that one person that we're, that we're talking to. If we're grocery shopping right now, school is grocery shopping. So they're going to come with me grocery shopping. School is laundry. So they're going to come with me when they do that. You know, school is seeing somebody who needs something. So we would, you know, notice people that seemed sad. Is there anything you could say to them? Did you notice that? Like, so you would teach that emotional intelligence. So everything you have in life is a learning experience. Everything. So are you interested in bugs? Are you interested in um, dragons and fantasy? Like, what are you interested in? Okay, well, let's learn about that. And let's be aware of the people around us while we're learning about that. And can anything you're learning here help somebody else out there? How do you do this with eight children? Like I said, Well, they're I not have, eight I, babies all at once. <laughs> I know, but that, that's a lot. And I mean, most of my friends, I would say, have two to three children. Mm -hmm. And I know we've had conversations around homeschooling and the idea of homeschooling. And it, it can be very overwhelming for, yeah. for mothers and fathers. There are dads that stay home too and, and homeschool. It's, uh, it's, it seems like a lot. But how si simple is it? Because having a conversation with you, I felt at peace. I felt mm -hmm. such a calmness in you. And I was like, I'm, I'm all in. How do we do this? So you are the resident expert. You are the resident expert of your child. And their buttons, that they push your buttons, and you push their buttons, that's there for a reason. It's to unravel a ball of stuff. It's to unravel and to, you know, elevate your capacity to solve problems, to work together, to come. Um, you know, I have eight kids um, of all the different gift profiles that I've studied, there's seven that I like to use. Um, the, I have two with two of the same, yet they're both different. And I have another two, I share a gift with one of my kids and then um, there's two others that have a similar gift. They all express it different, but when you understand, you take the time to say, okay, let's unpack this. So if you see things through the eyes of mercy, you're gonna gravitate to do this and this, but that's gonna drive your brothers baddie because they are rule oriented and so you don't show up for practice when they want to do something with you it's going to drive them bonkers so you have to you have to understand people to learn to honor their style and their skill and then and just work through the the hard stuff too because that's that's life you you have conflict you have problems and so most people don't look at that as learning they don't look at that as 
I'm succeeding at parenting, they look at, oh, I'm failing. Mm-hmm. I'm failing at this because my kids are arguing or I'm, you know, my house is messy and things are, it's like, no, no, you're succeeding because you're in the ring. You're succeeding because you're in the ring because you've, you know, put up your hand and you say, I'm willing to do this no matter how messy, but it's very gratifying too when you have those breakthroughs. It's just, you, you take away all the extra stuff and you boil it down to what are the most important values I have? Uh, what are the, the, the limitations that I have? Like maybe I'm sick or maybe the baby's sick or maybe I'm nursing or whatever, like making it realistic and then just plan your, your schedule around that. Mm-hmm. So There's more coming. I do have, I'm, I hope to put it, all this out in an app so that I can, can yes. give more like practical hands-on, yeah. Amazing. I can't wait. We all can't wait. There's going to be many, many, many families moving in this direction, I believe, very shortly. So that'll be excellent. And I know that there's lots of support out there. So how did the children handle this growing up too? I mean, they obviously knew that there was a system that they weren't a part of, which is like the public and Catholic system, right? Mm -hmm. Or private Mm -hmm. school. They were at home. How did they handle that growing up? I guess um, it was the way that I framed it. And so they didn't know anything else. So for people who are coming in and their kids know something else, it's a completely different challenge because you're always competing with that. You know, it's kind of like, you know, if you marry someone who's a widow and the kid is, you know, you're, you're always competing with the mother that is not there anymore. You're, you're competing kind of with a ghost. And so you got to come in realistically if you're in the school system and you have to say, you know what, that is not alive to us anymore, but we honor whatever we got there but it's going to look different now, you know, and this is, and kind of bring it back to the basics of what, what do we need to do here? Um, for my kids, they, like I said, they didn't know anything different. So we would go out shopping because I would do shopping during times when nobody else's kids were shopping and we would drive by the school buses and they'd be like, and I, so I would just say, those kids are going away from their parents for the whole day. So I said, let's pay attention like from right now. So they would have had to have been ready. Like you didn't have to get ready right now. They, they had to get ready two hours ago. Okay, so now, later on today, we'll notice the buses are coming back. And it, when that time would come, I'd say, now, do you see what you've done during this time until the buses came back? And would you want to be away from me that long? And they were always like, no, I wouldn't. And because we were doing things that were of their passions and their values, um, we did a lot of personal things. Like I didn't, you, there's a field trips galore if you want to take your kids on field trips. But when you have eight kids, you can't do all the field trips. So you have to let go of a lot of the extra stuff and start paying attention to the stuff that really matters. And so we would, like my boys love snakes, so we would go and catch garter snakes. And we would, we would study all the science around, you know, everything that they were completely geeking out over, butterflies. And they used to identify um, dragonflies. They would catch them and put felt markers on them in case they would catch them again. And then they would be able to say, hey, we've caught you before. So you just kind of go with what are their passions. Um, I had a son that was interested in, like several of my sons interested in birds. So, um, you know, created books for, like made a book. You wanna, you're interested in birds? Other kids would like to read your book. So we, we found a self-publishing thing um, just to show, you know, his drawings. So we have that as a keepsake. His drawings were amazing as an eight-year-old. And it's like, you know, other kids would like to. So you go into the library and you see, see this book on birds. You're, you could have a book on birds. So it's just making it really relatable to them and like stoking that fire inside. 
This is so fascinating to me because I, I feel like even me, it's like unprogramming myself here because I'm listening to this going, oh, it sounds so nice and easy. And, and, and all the kids would love to sleep in, well, my kids anyway would, like to sleep in a little longer. And, yeah. you know, I just find we are also so programmed to think that the education system is the only way these children or all of us are going to grow up and have a future. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. you have to go to that you know, I almost call it like a jail now for these children. I see yeah. it so differently. And mm -hmm. of course, all this grooming and mm -hmm. everything that's going on in mm -hmm. schools, it's really uh, disturbing and upsetting to me to witness. Um, so I just find it interesting about how, how do we unprogram us in that thinking, like that mindset of like that's where they have to be mm -hmm. in order to have a future because even just thinking about doing the simplest things like teaching your children how to grocery shop mm -hmm. and how to do laundry, we go, well, yeah, that's expected, right? You, you should learn that, but that's after school, yeah, right? So how do we yeah. unprogram ourselves? So the way that I structured um, our day basically was we would wake up, we would have um, family like Bible read aloud, so I would just tell some story that was relatable, just like just constantly showing them, hey, there's a value for God's word. It it can actually help you solve problems. So that we would touch base with that. And this like, so just envision with me in pajamas, nursing a baby, um, laundry in, messy things going on. And then it'd be like, we would have that time of together and then everything was broken down into chores. So before you could learn anything, you had to serve people. And so you had to serve. So everyone had chores. It was broken down as simple as kids who could literally look at a picture. This is, I made a book of pictures. Like literally I went from linen closet to pantry drawers to whatever. Just took a picture. This is what it looks like when it's clean. If you forget where everything goes. So just, just copy that picture. A toddler can copy the picture. A toddler can put the bowls back in the bowls. And so it's just teaching some order. And then once you have some order, okay, table time is where we do our academics. And it's a very short period of time, literally an hour to an hour and a half, maybe. And then productive free time in, it, in which you have to actually um, do puzzles, games, draw, like where your passions play guitar, the things you love, that comes after. Because no one's going to have to tell you to do that. You have to learn how to play independently. When you have a bunch of siblings, you have to learn how to not depend on them for everything. And then it was usually like group supper or whatever, like making food. Like you're always in the kitchen. <laughs> well, especially with that many children. I know I'm, I'm in the kitchen all the time yeah. too, but your husband um, was working while this was all, he was a chiropractor, yes. or is a chiropractor. Yes. And I know he has his own story too. He went through yeah. a lot through this whole uh, pandemic and everything too. But how, how was it for him watching you? I mean, you're just, to me, you're such a, an incredible woman and mother and partner for your husband. How was it for him being, you know, the only one that was working too? Because in society today, we know that they've literally pulled the family apart, right? To tax the woman as well and mm -hmm. take the children away from the, you know, the mom, yeah. right? So how was it for your husband? He must have been incredibly proud and, and happy. Mm. Or was it well, stressful? He's, no, he's an incredible man. Like, I, I can't um, talk enough about Kurt. He's, not only is he an amazing chiropractor, but he helped, like, he was my midwife for two of our, um, we had unattended births for two of our kids. We had, um, you know, he's he's just an amazing guy. He's He'll clean the toilets. He'll, like, he doesn't, he's a servant. So he's a servant leader. 
So you go back to the very first basic ideas about, you know, you get married. I married my best friend. I went to Bible college. We met each other, married our best friend, like married my best friend. Um, you know, we get, have parents and we believe in the, the breastfeeding triad. You know, the dad feeds me and I feed the baby and then the dad feeds me love and gives me breaks when I, it's like that. It's like, how are we going to do this together? And so we decided to homeschool together. So he has full confidence in me. Like, what do you need? Like, he doesn't sit there and go, I don't know about that. Um, if there's concerns, you know, like I would bring him like everything, you know, we're having this discipline issue, we're having this problem, or I feel exhausted. I feel like I just need a break. I feel like I'm just like, all I just like, mommy, mommy, you know, and he'd be like, that's fine. You know what? And take the boys out and do whatever they needed to do. Or just go have another bath or just like, just, just have time. Yeah, you can't have a selfish partner in homeschool. It just doesn't work. Um, so it's hard when you're looking at, like, because we've, we've been around many families where one, one parent is on the page and the other parent is not on the page and they sit there looking and, like, you know, you're not coming up to all the standards of expectation. And my comment has always been to those people and, and talking to the spouses too is, well, how do you expect your child to learn? Because the first lesson they're getting is that you're not together. You're not on the page. You're not supporting each other. So you just, it's, so home education in the best case scenario is God is reworking your marriage and God is reworking you. Like you can't teach your children if you have that broken thing inside you. So every time you look at your child, they have, they're lazy, they lip you off, they, whatever the behavior is, you look, where is that inside of me? What's going on inside of me? I got to clean that up first. You have to be really honest with yourself. Because it's like a greenhouse. So if you have really, if you're not okay together, you're not, your kids are not going to be okay. So it's, it's like a wake-up call. It's like a constant wake-up call. It's not gratifying, but it's a constant wake-up call. And I'm so grateful for that because I always want my eyes wide open, my ears wide open. And um, so that's, that's the answer to that. Oh, that was so well said. And it's really tricky for, like I'm a, a divorced mom. Mm -hmm. Um, my children have different dads and so of course we unfortunately are not on the same page with mm -hmm. the education system at all. I'm hoping that we get there. Yeah. <laughs> However, I really, you know, I, my eyes are wide open and my ears are wide open too. So it's, this is where it's challenging for those that are not with the father or the yeah. mother of yeah. their child, right? Yeah. So that's, that's a whole nother conversation. Yes. But yes. Um, talk about your children today. I mean, they're, they're mostly grown up and I mean, to me, I was just like, they're incredible human yeah. beings. Yeah. And I know people are going to go, oh, let's, you know, how did they turn out? Like, yeah, so you how, can brag a little bit. How, well, how did they turn out? I, like, I hate ever measuring things in a sense because the world is so into um, titles and positions and status. And I've always said to my kids, I don't care if you're a brain surgeon or a bus driver. I don't care whether you butcher meat or you are an embassy queen. I don't care. I care that you're living out the life you're ordained to live out. And I care that you actually can be a human to another human in need. That's what matters to me. And so um, there's a lot of, all of our kids are entrepreneurs. The youngest two who are still um, home educating, um, we're, you know, we're looking at what are your passions still. They love scootering. They're, they're really, um, they're big into a lot of things like that. But um, I've got, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I, I, 
two of our two of our girls are running um, a successful dog business, so we have an amazing um, doodle business. Um, another son has a an audiovisual company that he's just launched since COVID, and he's just doing really well with that. Another one is is a content creator. I have a son who's um, invested himself in getting hunters uh, who would like to have that community um, taught how to to get into hunting and all of that. So he's He's uh, reaching that stuff, that whole market and demographic. Um, let's see, and then my boys, have I mentioned everybody? And then I have a daughter who's, uh, she's just amazing artist, and like her artwork is, it just would blow your mind. So they're all foodies. They can all survive, hunt, thrive, you know, do sourdough, big bread. Like you, so what is a success? You know, what is, a, yeah, what is a success? That is a success, learning how to live basically even off-grid too if you had yeah. to right yeah. I mean these children know how to survive yeah. with very little yeah. you know I mean we have abundance all around us but I mean you've taught them really incredibly important life skills and great great values Barb I'm you're someone that I look up to very much again that conversation I had with you I, I was just so fascinated and I, I want to continue that conversation with you and I know many others listening are going to as well so where can people find you do you have a website no you don't have a website yet but you're creating <laughs> no. an app yeah I'm creating an app which should be coming I would expect by the end of the summer so okay yeah, I'm gonna have to we're gonna have to stay tuned with that okay yeah on that you're gonna have to have me back <laughs> gonna have to have you back yeah. and you know what we will have many conversations because I do definitely want to work with you myself mm -hmm. in, in unprogramming myself too because uh, it's really important. We want to help these children. I mean, I don't want to use the word save, but we do have to help the children. Well, just remember that long ago, everybody home educated like this. So this is not new. This is very old. And I know there's, um, you know, various brands and different things. There was um, the first people we ever read information from were the Moors. Um, Dorothy and I think Raymond Moore, they are the grandparents of the homeschooling, the modern homeschooling movement. They had U.S. funding to do studies on the brain. And they were like, you know, boys especially aren't going to learn until they're around 12 or 13 in, in a lot of the ways. So if you just delay some of that and give them lots of work to do, lots of responsibility and lots of like just real good relating, then all of a sudden they'll just blow up. And so I have five sons and three daughters and I followed that that method and they're all they're great they're great men and becoming men so yeah amazing thank you so much for sharing your story yeah. and we will keep everybody posted on the app that you're creating mm -hmm. that'll be really exciting thank you for your time and for just being an incredible human here to help all of us well I just see each person and I just want to you know instill that belief back in, into moms again that you are the resident expert and it's not too hard and you're not some sort of a specialist and people used to say to me all the time I could never homeschool my kids and I'm thinking no that's a lie you absolutely could you have to be called to it because it's it is hard like it's hard it's personally hard to die to yourself every day until you stop fighting it <laughs> and then it's easy thank you Barb yeah. You're God welcome. bless you and your family. Thank you. We will see you again. Yeah. Thank you so much for watching. And if you want to see more interviews like this, you can visit our website, canadiansfortruth.ca.
Take care, everybody. Thank you.